0: Physics world. Hello, and welcome to the Physics World weekly podcast. I'm Hamish Johnston. There is a long tradition in science of naming things such as equations, particles, and facilities in honor of a person or persons. However, the beliefs and actions of some of these people are now seen as dishonorable, and there is a growing movement to change some names used in science. In 2021, for example, the physicist Michael Pepper appeared on this podcast to call for the Stark Effect to be renamed. Johannes Stark was a leading figure in the Nazis' German physics movement, which persecuted Jewish scientists in the 1930s. And Pepper argues that it's time to stop using Stark's name. And more than 1,700 people have signed a letter calling for the James Webb Space Telescope to be renamed. This is because Webb, a NASA administrator, had been involved in the persecution of LGBT plus government employees before and during his tenure at the agency in the 1950s and 1960s. Looking further back in time, many of the names of objects in the southern sky are related to the European mariners who sailed the southern seas in the 16th and 17th centuries. Their voyages marked the beginning of the European colonization of much of the world, a process that involved the oppression and assimilation of indigenous peoples and led to the racism and inequality that endures to this day. Some astronomers would like their community to recognize astronomy's connections with colonialism and make the field more hospitable to people from places that still suffer the legacy of colonization. In this podcast, Physics World's Margaret Harris is in conversation with two members of a group of astronomers who have that goal. They are calling for the large and small Magellanic clouds to be renamed, given their association with the Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan, who is known to have murdered and enslaved indigenous people.
1: My guests today are two astronomers, Mia de los Reyes of Amherst College and Sally Uy of the University of Michigan, who are campaigning to rename astronomical objects that currently bear the name of Ferdinand Magellan, a 16th century Portuguese explorer. Mia and Sally, welcome to the podcast. So perhaps you could begin by telling our listeners who Magellan was.
2: Yeah. So Magellan was most famous for having launched the first expedition to circumnavigate the globe. So he was Portuguese. Um, He had approached the uh, king and queen of Spain, Ferdinand and Isabella, who have the same fame as being the ones who launched Columbus. And uh, Magellan was searching basically for a route to go from Europe to the East Indies. Uh, in search of spices, which were at that time the hottest commodity uh, in Europe. So he knew that there was potentially a way to go from Europe to the Indies via the long route, which would be going west and instead of going east. And so he tried that, and ultimately the expedition succeeded, even though Magellan himself... Uh, was killed in the Philippines. So uh, for that reason, because he was the initiator of this and he was the leader of the expedition, he has been uh, extremely well-known and famous for having essentially accomplished that. But Magellan, you know, therefore is a great symbol of European colonization because these voyages basically took place simply because Europeans were out to obtain commodities and essentially colonize other parts of the world. So in that sense, you know, we associate Magellan not just with exploration and having discovered very, very important things about the world, but also with, you know, he has these associations to the exploitation of indigenous peoples.
1: Okay, and what are some of the things that are named after him?
3: So there's the landmark, the Strait of Magellan, which is the landmark that Magellan is most closely associated with because this is the Strait of Water through which he sailed from the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean. So it's the, the body of water that in between Tierra del Fuego and the southernmost tip of Chile. And so this was the, the thing that enabled Magellan's journey. And as a result of this particular landmark being named after him, particularly by sailors, this was sort of the colloquial name, that eventually got associated with Magellan. Other things in the southern hemisphere began to be associated with Magellan as well. So, that included everything from penguins, there's a species of penguin called the Magellanic penguins, uh, to the galaxies. So, they're the two brightest satellites of the Milky Way, satellite galaxies around the Milky Way, are commonly referred to today as the large and small Magellanic clouds. And this was mostly because sailors began referring to them as the clouds of Magellan, because they're sort of two very bright uh, landmarks in the sky, in the southern hemisphere. And then eventually, uh, scientists actually originally had a different name for them, the Nubeculae, which is Latin for the clouds. So Nubecula major and Nubecula minor were the original names. And then as the vernacular, as the common language began to replace Latin as the language of science, uh, more and more astronomers began to refer to them as the Magellanic clouds.
1: And, you know, I think there's also a, a lunar crater. You know, was there some organizing body that decided, OK, we're going to name this crater after Ferdinand Magellan?
3: You know, I, I don't actually know the exact procedure. The International Astronomical Union, or the IAU, is the body that nominally records all of the names of planetary features that have been discovered and cataloged. Uh, and they have some rules for how those names are selected, but it's not clear to me. I think someone has to propose the name and then the IAU accepts it or not. And so there's a yeah, there's a lunar crater named after Magellan as well as a Martian one. The Martian one, I think, um, I think on Mars, there's at least a rule that uh, one of the rules for naming things is that it can be after an explorer or adventure of some fame. Uh, and then on Mars, I'm not actually sure what the rules are. I think you have to be real. Most of the features on Mars are either named after moon-related gods or goddesses of the moon, yeah, or, or they have to be related to people who have discovered something about the moon or who are, whose work has been associated with the moon in some way. I don't, I don't think Magellan falls in that category.
1: So you touched on this earlier with your answer about um, you know, who Magellan was, but why are you calling for these names to be changed?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we would like to, first of all, contribute, have our community, science, uh, well, in general, there have been calls for science to be, quote, unquote, decolonized. I mean, science has benefited so much from basically Western exploitations of other places. And there's a movement afoot to decolonize science, to try to first of all, call attention to this, have us reflect on it, and try to bring to attention the contributions of indigenous cultures and recognize that their ways of understanding nature are also valid. And then basically just to kind of try to downplay associations of colonization and exploitation. And so it seems like the names of the Magellanic Clouds are a very obvious place to start with that for example you know in astronomy astronomy is basically the oldest science and it has its roots all over the world but the particular form of astronomy that we practice is directly descended from Greece and Rome you know the Greek way of thinking the scientific method and so forth it's phenomenally successful and I'm a practitioner of it I'm a huge proponent of it I think it's Amazing, it's brought us the world that we have today in terms of technology, knowledge, ways of understanding nature. But at the same time, it's not the only way of understanding the world. And basically, the way that astronomy has been set up with naming things, and you just saw this in examples that you talked with with Mia... It only recognizes that heritage essentially. We have started making some changes now with the discovery of new objects in the solar system where they are named after gods and goddesses from other cultures. But basically when you look at the planets, the things that the public knows, things that are visible to the naked eye, those things are almost all named after cultural entities, the gods and goddesses and so forth of Greece and Rome. A big exception are the stars the stars, many and of the stars are actually named from Arabic. So that's a recognition of that culture and uh, of that part of the world, I should say. But even that is not necessarily acknowledged very much or understood by, by many people. But basically, when one looks, for example, at the names of the constellations, there are three groups of those. So the main group is the Greek constellations, which most people know. Then you've got the southern hemisphere constellations. Those are named by two different groups of people. The first one were these Dutch explorers who were on in particular the very f- what they call the first voyage to the East Indies. This again was a voyage of colonization. It was specifically for the Dutch to get the spices of the East Indies, the same ones that Magellan wanted. It was on that voyage that the Dutch obtained the data and named the constellations after the fl- flora and fauna of the East Indies and Madagascar. The second set of southern constellations were named by Nicolas de la Calle, who was a French a French scientist who was working in South Africa. And basically, it was the same idea that people from Europe were coming to the south to map the southern sky specifically so that European navigators could go to the southern hemisphere on these voyages of exploration, conquest, and colonization. So we're not suggesting that the constellation name should be changed. That's just you know a much more complicated thing to do, but it places the context for the names of the Magellanic clouds. L- the names of the Magellanic clouds fit in completely with this naming of the constellations after Western gods and goddesses, Western voyages of conquest. And so having just this set of names changed for the Magellanic clouds, I think would be the low hanging fruit and just taking a step towards acknowledging in the astronomical community that the heritage of Western colonization is something that has been ingrained in the way that uh, our science has been has been naming objects and that in the development of our science itself.
1: Mia, do you want to add anything to that? Because I understand this campaign is actually somewhat personal for you because um, many of your ancestors came from the Philippines, which is where Magellan was killed and where he and members of his expedition either killed or forcibly converted Christianity, many of the people they met. I mean, how does that history Inform your views about scientific objects like the Magellanic Clouds being named after Magellan.
3: Right. I think Sally gave a really great background for sort of the history of why you know the the, the broader historical context in which modern day astronomy is. It's practiced by researchers like Sally and me. Uh, why c- uh, colonialism and all of these negative negative systems have played a role in the history of astronomy, but I think it is worth pointing out that a lot of these systems still happen today, right? So my family is from the Philippines, uh, the Philippines historically due to colonization from the Spanish and later from the U S the Philippines financially cannot afford to do astronomy. Their fun- astronomy is a basic science in general. It, it's, it's difficult to find funding in, A country that lacks a lot of access to the same resources that we have here in the U.S., for example. And so there are very few astronomers in the Philippines. Uh, I think there are very few astronomy programs in universities. There's a lot of interest and a lot of talent there. I recently went back for a physics conference in the Philippines. There's so much talent among the students there, but there's no access to resources. So not only is this sort of a historical system, this... this colonialism that Sally talked about, not only you know, did it happen in the past, it still has repercussions that last until today. And so as someone from the Philippines, a lot of Filipinos see Magellan as a villain. The, the person who killed him was a native chieftain named Lapu-Lapu, who is considered by many to be the first national hero of the Philippines, because by killing Magellan, it's thought that he might have set back the colonization by the Spanish by around a few decades. And so the fact that it's sort its sort of the one-two punch of not actually being able to participate in international astronomy research. For, like Many Filipinos just don't have access to the large telescopes or the supercomputers or even the money to publish papers because it costs so much money just to publish in a lot of these famous journals now. Not only is there this sort of current lack of access, but then there's sort of adding insult to injury by continuing to use the name of somebody who in many ways set off this chain of events that put the Philippines in such a disadvantaged position.
2: Yeah, and if I could add, I mean, my family's from Indonesia, which was the target of the Dutch expedition in which the Southern southern constellations were named. And there's a very similar dynamic there as well. Indonesia was colonized by the Dutch as a result of that expedition, ultimately. And there is very little astronomy in, in Indonesia as well. And it's a country that's still recovering from from having been colonized for hundreds of years.
1: So I understand that one of the arguments for changing these names is that, you know, to, sort of avoids endorsing or appearing to endorse the violent acts, the colonialism that Magellan and his sailors were involved in. but you know, is there a danger that if the scientific community does rename uh, the Magellanic Clouds, it will then become a case of, oh, well, we renamed the Magellanic Clouds, therefore we've solved the problem of racism in astronomy. I mean, I guess, is this the most pressing thing that needs changing in order to widen access to astronomy um, for people in the Philippines and in in Indonesia and other
2: indigenous peoples? I don't think that, you know, that's necessarily... An issue. I think the main thing is to make science a bit more hospitable to people from other cultures. And renaming, the very act of renaming, is something that I hope would make people reflect on that fact the fact of the colonization, the fact that people from colonized places have not been participating in our science enterprise, the fact that astronomy in particular, along with other sciences, has benefited directly from colonization. I think just starting the people who are in the field thinking about these things is one of the most important goals. And in doing that, it will also start launching more efforts to be more inclusive.
3: Mia, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think, oh, maybe the way I think about it is a little bit prosaic, but either it's important, in which case we should just change the names because it is important to people, or it's not a big deal, in which case why not change the names if, it's not, if, if they're just <laughs> names? We should just change them anyway. So to me, it seems sort of like a win-win. I think this... Hits close to home for me personally, um, but I, I, and I, I don't think it, I don't think, you know, by changing the name, suddenly Filipinos around the world are going to say we should study astronomy. But I don't, I don't expect that. And I also don't think it will magically make all of the other barriers like lack of access to resources disappear overnight. But as Ali said, I think it's a very good
2: first step. And hopefully it will inspire more people to start bringing down those barriers. So have you experienced any pushback to your
1: campaign so far? I mean, Magellan himself is long dead, and he didn't have any descendants who might object. But I guess there could be some, I suppose it could create confusion if research papers about the Magellanic Clouds suddenly switched to calling them something else, or back to the Latin name that was used a couple hundred years ago.
3: I mean, I haven't received any, not from astronomers. I think most astronomers that I've spoken to have been very on board with this, I have gotten random emails from strangers who have found my email account who are, as far as I can tell, not astronomers and tell me that I should go back to doing science. But to me, this is part of science, how we do science. The words we use, the way we think about the things that we study, those, those do matter to me at least.
2: Absolutely, words matter. Um, the people that I've spoken to, for the most part, have been very positive. Maybe one or two people have... Seemed a bit reluctant, um, but no one, as of yet, has strongly objected.
3: And renaming things in astronomy is is not new. So, I mean, the the clouds have already changed names at least once in the astronomical literature. It's not that hard to do it again. Uh, and on top of that, you know, the very recently, the International Astronomical Union, the IAU, has they've also passed resolutions renaming things in the past. So, for example. The Hubble law, which relates the rate of expansion of the universe uh, to how far away galaxies are, is, has been renamed, or it's, there's been a recommendation by the IAU to rename it the hubble Lemiter law to, to honor the other person who independently found this relation. So it's, it's not like this idea of proposing a renaming to the broader astronomical community is new.
2: Yeah, and it's perhaps not dissimilar from reclassifying objects. I mean, that's done for a scientific reason, so I think people can understand that from a scientific standpoint. But, for example, when Pluto was reclassified from a major planet to a minor planet, there was a lot of resistance, at, at least from the public. And there was also controversy in the astronomical community when it first was proposed, I think, you know, time has shown that that was the right thing to do in terms of the scientific properties that Pluto has relative to the major planets versus the minor planets. But um, at the time, it may not have been as obvious. And there was controversy. And I think this may fall in the same kind of category where it's These are publicly known objects. The public may also, you know, and and the public does have a stake in what the names of these objects are. They are very prominent in the southern sky. They are naked eye objects that everyone who's looked at the sky in the south knows. So people have emotional attachments to them. And, you know, people's feelings need to be acknowledged as well
3: yeah one thing I wanted to bring up is that you know, even predating Magellan, many people knew about the clouds. so cultures, indigenous cultures around the world around the southern hemisphere had any number of names and myths and legends. So they had identified and classified these objects long before Magellan sailed. And Magellan was not even the first Western explorer to find to find these clouds. So there are records of Arabic astronomers and even Italian explorers who noted the clouds before Magellan's expedition. I'm happy to you know, send a list of indigenous <laughs> names and myths uh, re- regarding the clouds, but there, there are many all over the Southern hemisphere. So from Australia to Africa to South America.
1: OK, so what would you like to name these things instead? I mean, would you have a, a public sort of vote on it or would you that just be in the, like a road to ending up with them named cloudy McCloud face?
3: Oh, <laughs> this is probably the biggest point of disagreement that I've run into when talking with astronomers about this renaming, because none of us can agree on what the new name should be. Uh, there are those who want to return to the old Latin names. There are those who want to maintain the acronym. So just replace the Magellanic part of the name so we can keep the the acronyms LMC and SMC, which are, I think, probably more commonly used in the scientific literature and among astronomers than the full names. So one of the things that we've talked about is maybe Milky, to to show that these galaxies are related to the Milky Way, our own galaxy. And that would replace the M. And then we'd also be able to keep, there, there are several structures related to the LMC and SMC, that also have the name Magellanic in them. So the Magellanic Stream, the Magellanic Bridge, these are just features of these galaxies that have sort of been associated with with them. And so if we could replace the M, then we could also replace, instead of Magellanic Stream, we could have Milky Stream or Milky Bridge or something.
2: Another option would be simply to drop the word Magellanic and simply call them the large cloud and the small cloud There are also people who are suggesting naming them, using indigenous names for these objects. And then, uh, yeah, as Mia mentioned, we could go back to the old Latin names of Nubecula major and minor, but doing that, it's sort of like, it's, it's still a step in the right direction to remove the Magellanic name, but it's still in that heritage of the constellations that I alluded to earlier. Uh, you know, it's still Latin. It's very classical. It's very European. Um, it goes back to the whole, you know, establishment of the scientific method from Greece and Rome.
3: And then, of course, there are some people who want to replace the M with something <laughs> completely different. Like we've had suggestions for magical and marvelous, <laughs> maybe, maybe in a more useful uh, vein, meridional, because that can mean associated with the Southern hemisphere. So a lot of astronomers, every time I brought this up, there's a lot of people have had fun coming up with M adjectives. The goal is eventually that the IAU will, would vote, the entire astronomical community would have a say.
1: Well, if our listeners want to send in new names for the the large and small Magellanic Clouds, we'll perhaps talk about it on a future podcast. Mia de los Reyes and Sally Uy, thank you very much. Thank you
2: for having us.
0: I'm afraid that's all the time we have for this week's podcast. Thanks to Mia de los Reyes, Sally Uy, and Margaret Harris for that fascinating conversation. And a special thanks to our producer, Fred Isles. We'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, do check out the latest episode of the Physics World Stories podcast. Host Andrew Glester chats with the atomic physicist and author Chad Orzell about laser cooling and the revolution in physics that it brought about. That episode is called Radiant Chills, the revolutionary science of laser cooling, and you can find it on the Physics World website or at your favorite podcast provider. Physics World